Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Hello, everyone. On today's episode of Tales from the Albright, I am interviewing Jeannie Sluck from the Taylor Community Library. She was on the podcast a while ago to discuss the Hyde Park branch of the Scranton Public Library. Um, The Hyde Park branch is no longer in service, but after that point, she moved over to the Taylor Community Library and has been the director there ever since. Also, for context for some of the things that we discussed in the episode, the Taylor Community Library was my library growing up. Some of the things I mentioned are directly from my own personal experience with the Taylor Community Library. Um, It is a library that I consider to still be my home library, even though I work for the Scranton Public Library now. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Jeannie. How did the Taylor Community Library begin? How did it begin? Yes. All right. It began because forever the people in Taylor always wanted a library. They've always been really strong in their opinions on having a library. So um, in 1909, the original library started, which I thought that was pretty neat because back then there really wasn't a lot of libraries around. And it was two rooms and it was in our borough building. And the borough actually paid for the heat, the books, the lighting, and the librarian's salary, which was $10 a month. Okay? And it's that very little was known about the actual people that started it, but it lasted until 1929, which, of course, when we had the crash mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, But they said that if the crash didn't happen, it probably would have been maintained all those years. So fast forward now to 1953 and the people in town thought well it's time again to get a library so there was a group of concerned citizens again and they basically uh, I wouldn't say they were just all women because people always think women librarians especially in those, those decades but actually it was a lot of men that were involved in this again the borough stepped in and they gave them the room in the borough building and they helped them with the furniture the heat the lighting everything but this time around they had fundraisers and they had such unique fundraisers they had a dance competition they had a dance show they had five nights at a farmer's market where they made money they raffled so many things they had bake sales pancake suppers a christmas bazaar they went house to house canvassing the money and everybody gave and in the beginning they raised one thousand nine hundred and thirty two dollars and seventy seven cents which, again, to us nowadays, you think, well, that's nothing. But back in 1953, that was a lot of money. Yeah, that's a very significant amount of money. That was a lot of money. They did the ballet of Cinderella at the Scranton Civic Dance Academy, which was really pretty neat. So they kept working and working. And they worked in conjunction with the Scranton Public Library. Okay? Oh, yeah. And what they do is they help them uh, smooth the way so that they would get the right things in there. Because you just didn't want to put books in there. Mm -hmm. You wanted to have the right books. You wanted to make sure that you had somebody that was the librarian who knew what she was doing, who was in charge of it. So they did. And uh, like I said, it was in the borough building. And the dedication was on, let me see here now, June the 6th, 1954. And I actually have a copy of the original dedication, which is pretty neat. They existed at that library in 73. And it was October the 22nd, and a fire broke out in the borough building, and it destroyed everything. It destroyed the police station, it destroyed the borough, it destroyed the chamber 
for the council chambers, and it destroyed, of course, the library. And nothing was saved. Nothing was saved. And the few things that they did pull out were so waterlogged and so badly uh, damaged that they just considered it a total loss. All right. And they always tell the story. They were so upset because the day before they had received the box of Encyclopedia Britannica. And they were so excited that it was going to be a brand new set of encyclopedias to put out. And the kids were all excited because, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. So that, that happened. So now they have to start from square one again. So it was the women that were on the library board at that time. There was 14 of them. And uh, they worked very, very hard. And there was a, a comedy of errors because the one board member, Jean Horger, she they put a notice in our local paper, the Tribal Banner, saying that anybody that had a library book out could return them to her garage. Well, she had all these books <laughs> coming in constantly. So they were trying to package the books and everything. So then they got a trailer from HUD, all right? And what they were going to do is put the trailer on the site with you. Uh, the library was at 200 Union Street. All right, so they put it there. Well, they needed to move it. Well, instead of emptying the trailer out, they just tried to move it. Well, as you and oh, I both know, the weight of books. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize, but at, they really weigh a lot. When they mm -hmm. went to try and move it, the trailer folded inward. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they had to empty out the, <laughs> the library once again, back to Mrs. Horger's garage and everything. So from there, they got a storefront down here on Main Street at 107 South Main. And it was next to um, Cripples Insurance. And at one time, I believe it was Moshi Eckerd's uh, drugstore, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a, it was a terrible building. It really was a terrible building. It, it slanted. You, oh, you would walk, gosh. you couldn't put a marble on the floor because the marble would actually roll. But uh, they had plans to just stay there for a little mm -hmm. while, and they were going to move into the community center. So they had everything all ready. They had shelving picked out, and they went up there, and they were measuring. And some of the men go, well, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're measuring to put our shelves in. For what? They said, we're moving the library here. And they said, oh, no, you're not. So, again, there they go. Nothing. So now they're at odds. So they go to the council, and they say, look, we need a library. And council fully agreed. So they decided to build them a library in 1980. All right. And it started, actually, it started in 1979. Jerry DeMarco was the designer. And they built it at the site of 200 Union Street, which was the old um, grocery store. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a grocery, grocery store. store there. And next door to it, at, a long time ago, was Tom's Theater, the movie theater. Oh, was wow. Uh -huh. So um, they had a, a librarian. At that time, she was making $3 a day. All right. Something came up in her family, and she couldn't do it anymore. And at that time, the Scranton Library had closed all its branches, April 30th. Mm -hmm. And so I worked at the branch. I worked at the High Park branch. And I was unemployed. I was going to Marywood, and I was unemployed. And I remember it was a Thursday, May the 14th. I had been unemployed for 14 days, two weeks. And my former boss, no, um, Mrs. Reese, who was the president of the board, calls me up. And she said to me, she introduced herself, mm -hmm. and she said, we'd like you to be our librarian. I said, oh, no. I said, I can't be your librarian. I said, I I'm still going to school. I said, you need a librarian. Oh, no. She said, you know, we, we got the word, and we, we really want you. I said, well, can I think about it? She said, absolutely. So I called my boss up, my former boss, and she said, take it, because she had turned 65 that the October before. 
and she didn't drive. So for her to drive from West, get a ride from West Granton oh, and down, yeah, it would have cost her more in cab mm-hmm. fare, and that then it would then she would have made. She said, "Take it." She said, "You'll get some experience while you're learning on the job." I was like, "Okay." So here I am. I'm a sophomore in college. I'm 19 years old, and I'm thrust into this job. All right. So I walk into this library, and I am appalled. It's dark. It's dank. It's it's not welcoming. So me being me, I decided, well, they had these big storefront windows, <laughs> and I took out books, and I wrapped them in wrapping paper, and I did all these displays to try and get people in. So then they took me over to the new library, and I was even more dismayed because it looked like a big chicken coop. And I remember thinking, wow, th- th- this is not a library, but it's <laughs> what they gave me. And uh, we moved. The Boy Scouts helped us move. We moved in upper, the beginning of October, and we just filled, we didn't even fill the whole top floor. We filled maybe three quarters of the floor and we had our open house on the 31st of October. And, you know, we were officially open to the public. And at that time we were only open three to eight, Monday through Thursday and 12 to five on Friday, no Saturdays. At that time, story times weren't big. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I, I mean, we used to do a story time for summer reading club up in High Park. So, yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to start doing a story time. So, I started doing story times. Then I thought, well, you know what? Let's, let's try and get people in to talk. So, what I would do, back when there were yellow pages, yeah. I would get the yellow pages. And I would go through the yellow pages from A through Z. And I can remember finding the taxidermy shop. So I called him up, and I said, would you ever think about doing a program at the library? And the man's like, well, I don't really know what you want me to do. I said, just come and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Show some examples. So I would go out to the public. I would ask everybody to come and do stuff That's amazing. And so our library started to grow. And our our circulation the first year was 937 books, roughly, okay? And our highest that we've ever circulated is 82,000. So that's that's really a big, big jump. So... We, we just kept growing and growing and growing, and uh, back in, I mean, 2004, uh, they decided the landfill had to have an expansion, Alliance Landfill, and they, they have to pay so much money to the borough, and they said they would gladly pay the money with the stipulation that the money had to be used to construct a new library or a senior citizen center. So our borough decided to construct a new library. So I went to the meeting, and... Uh, Al Camper, he was the district consultant, and he would come and evaluate your libraries. He was so cute. He came in, and he said, Jeannie, he said, I go to all these libraries and say, you don't need a new library. Use your windowsill. He said, I can't say that to you because we used every available space. Yeah. I mean, there was on the windowsills. We had hangers mm-hmm. for the books on the ends of the shelving. And if it... I remember if, all of that from when I was a kid. If, yeah. we, if there was a space, we <laughs> used it. So um, we worked... You may think, no, Tom Horlocker, he was our, our contractor, our architect, and uh, Scartelli's did our contracting, and we built the site that we are on now. Mm-hmm. And we opened in 2006 in May. That was our dedication and everything. And as the rest of they say, we're here. We went from roughly 1,500 square feet to 7,200 square feet. So that's a big jump. And you know what? I could still use more (laughs) because we just have so many programs. And you know what, Alyssa? I'm going to tell you, our name is Taylor Community Library, and our library is the hub of the community. Uh, we're, really involved. we're involved in everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's nothing we can't do. There's nothing we won't do. And there's nothing we won't try. 
And the thing about it is, I look at it, it's for the betterment of the children, it's for the people of the town. This is their library, so if I can't offer something back to them, like what really, where am I going if I can't do something like that? Yeah. So that's the history of the Taylor Library. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I remember the changes uh-huh. from the Union Street location. I remember the kids' books were down in the basement uh-huh. because I remember always going down there. Yep. And then I remember just not being a great patron and just like always forgetting about them. I would set the books down and like they wouldn't get returned ever. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually they would, but. See, I can't say anything because when I went to Marywood, I would literally keep books in the trunk in my car and I've had professors who would come to me and say to me can you please bring the books back we need them for our class <laughs> so that's what I say when people say things it's I always say to them there's nothing I haven't done myself or thought about doing so don't even think about yeah. it don't even think about it at this stage yeah and then I remember this location being built uh-huh um, this was it was funny the location that we're on now everybody remembers the tennis courts but before the tennis courts there was a swimming pool Oh. So they filled in the swimming pool and they put the tennis courts in. So when they were digging the foundation, I got a call and they say, we hit a problem. I'm like, well, what's the problem? I'm thinking they hit a mine mm-hmm. shaft or something like that. Actually, there was a pool under the pool. So why oh. they, they did that, I don't really know the rationale behind that. Because at one time there was a bathhouse here. I do know that. And I sort of wish, I mean, as much as I love my library being here, I wish I had kept the pool because I think that's important for the kids as well. Yeah. I mean, we could have went over to where the breaker used to be oh, yeah. in the collier, and, and they could have developed that, and that would have been really ideal because we would have been right on Main Street, also. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the whole thing—you just need to be focal. So, and we are. We're very focal. And right now, it's so great because we have the grade school to one side of us, the high school behind us, the daycare on the other side of us, and the senior citizens. So, we get them from birth through right on up. And that, so, it's really a great location. Yes, I know. Recently created um, Santa Christmas Parade in Taylor. Oh, definitely. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> we love doing the Santa Parade. Last year, we had 2,200 people here. I believe it. I was and, here with my parents. And it's, it's so much fun. And, you know, what it's so much work it's so much work but anything worth doing is worth the work and you know you're a little crazy that day and that's my holiday black friday is my holiday because i'm a shopaholic but i give it up for this and this little boy walked up to our santa and he goes santa are you the real santa and he was about maybe three or four and santa looked down at him and goes well yes son i am and that little boy how he looked at him and believed made it all worthwhile. Then we do trunk or treat. Mm -hmm. We do trunk or treat at the school and this year we're expanding our trunk or treat because uh, we thought you know, we do it for all the kids in town, but we're sort of missing a population and that's the autistic children. Okay, they can't come at night. They can't do the music and the lights and all the crowd. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to have it special for them two hours prior to when we have it for everybody else so that they can come through, still get things, but they won't have the music they won't have the 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 crowds Mm -hmm. and everything it'll be just for them so and every year we're going to keep adding something else to it and keep it you know keep building it yes yes and this year we're doing a a children's carnival here at the library oh that's so much fun yes we're doing a children's carnival so we're having i mean a host of things we're having the the dunk tank and the (laughs) obstacle course and the 
let me see what else the bounce houses and we're having balloons and we're having clowns and we're face painting and it's and food and it's just going to be plus games lots mm -hmm. and lots of games so it'll be fun it's something different and yeah. again it's something for the children in the town there's nothing like this in this area anymore no I remember growing up because I'm from Taylor right I remember when they used to have um, the carnival that would come by the number one uh -huh. yep on the hill mm-hmm uh, back in 1986-87 that's when the National Night Out got really popular mm -hmm. and we were one of the first towns to do it we had so much fun we had Colonel Custard and his horses come and we had the state police horses parade we had like uh, we had seatbelt Sam <laughs> we had uh, the Burger King we had McDonald's we had everybody we had the marching units and everything ended up back at the horse company and everything was just a dollar whether you wanted food every, nothing was more than a dollar and it was just a really nice night out and that's that's what we need we need more of that and I hope that that's what I, I do and I like I said I'm not doing anything. We can do anything. Anybody can do anything. You just have to have a little time, a little patience, and a little imagination, and mm -hmm. you can make it work. And what um, programs in general, like your regular story times? We do story times right now. Mary's doing a baking class with the kids. Oh, we have what we call our down and dirty diggers, and mm -hmm. the kids, they start their plants in the spring. In here, we have a miniature hothouse that they plant the seeds and then they plant them out here then on Tuesday nights they go out they measure they count how many things they harvest and anybody that helps because they have to help mm -hmm. you know weed and everything and they get to take the things home we have read to the dogs we have read to, read to the dogs is with the therapy dogs read to the cats is with the in conjunction with Griffin Pond uh, we have oh boy we have a knitting and crocheting club we have five different book discussion groups I mean we do things for the senior citizens that are new to Medicare there's just a whole host of things that we do mm -hmm. and so I say libraries just aren't for books anymore no no when I started the big thing was large print books if you had large print books you were considered one of the upper echelon all right now you have the regular print the oversized paperbacks you have the paperbacks you have the large print you have the downloadables, you have the CDs. I mean, there's so, so many things going on. Uh -huh. Now, we're doing a story walk next month, which is a lot of fun. We'll turn our parking lot into the story walks where the kids can walk and, you know, read the story. Mm -hmm. And then Mary has activities as they go along. So that's fun. And we're working closely. It's really sad, but our school system, Riverside School Board, decided to get rid of the libraries in the, the schools. Why they opted to do this, I don't know. But... I'm not on the board, and they must have had the reason. But to me, that's a travesty. All right? So I, Mary and I went to the superintendent and the principal at Riverside West, and what we did last year is we had each class come down. Mary did a story walk. We signed all the kids up, and then we offered the teachers the opportunity to get a classroom card. And they can call us up or they can fax me, text me, whatever, and say, look, we're doing a, some lessons. We need things on bees. We need things on worms. And we need things on spring. We'll pull the books for them. They come over with their class. Everybody can pick out a book. They're charged out to the teacher. She keeps them in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And it works out great. You have to remember, I mean, 
a lot of people are fortunate that they can buy books off Amazon or go to BAM or Barnes & Noble, which is great. Not every kid has that luxury, mm-hmm. okay? And for some of them, the library in school was the only time they'd ever get to a library because their parents won't drive them to the library or they can't drive them to the library. Mm-hmm. So to take it away from them, it was just so sad. It really was sad and broke my heart. But we're, we're trying to do what we can to work with them so that yeah. everybody can have something. Yeah, and it's very much a central location here. Because uh-huh. you can literally walk. It's a five-minute walk uh-huh. to either. It's the, best. the only thing we have to worry about is the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, everything is fine. Everything is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the weather's been the big issue, I feel like, also. Please. You know, it could be worse. We could be living in Vermont or out where it's 115 it's in the shade. Like, yeah. that's, that's wild. So... Um, and then where can people find information on the Taylor Community Library and contact you? Well, they can go to our, the website, okay? They can, you know what, the easiest thing is just call us. We love to talk to people. And we don't have the system where it's press one, press two, it's just <laughs> Taylor Library. And then you can go yes. from there. Or stop in and check us out because we have things listed in the book. You can talk to anybody that does the programmings. They can explain it to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes that's what you need. I mean, it's one thing to read it, but it's another thing to actually hear it and see it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we always encourage people to stop in and visit us. We're open 9 to 8, Monday through Thursday, and then 9 to 5 on Friday, 9 to 4 on Saturday. We're still closed on Sundays because I still think that should be a family day. Even though we do do some things on, on Sundays, we try not to do as much and that. But yes, that's that's what we do. And do you want to give the phone number and address for me? It's 710 South Main Street in Taylor. We're located right next door to the community center and across the street from the stadium. We're not hard to miss. And our phone number is so easy, 570-562-1234. Uh-huh. So, and you know what? If you get lost, ask anybody in town and they'll point you in the direction. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows where we are. Or if, they, if you just can't remember, ask, where's Jeannie? And they'll show you where I am, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you You're again welcome, for honey. this. Thank you again to Jeannie for agreeing to be interviewed for this podcast episode. The Taylor Community Library has and continues to be a very important social center for the Taylor. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas for future episodes, or anything else, please contact me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you. Thank you.